Bible to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Yes, ma'am. Woohoo. I agree. I so appreciate what Melissa shared too. That was good. Well, the single most important goal in my life is to be a committed follower of Jesus. Would you take your little tag there that, that uh, we passed out and would you read it with me? Ready, read. The single most important goal in my life is to be a committed follower of Jesus. Yes, Jesus Christ. And you go, well, what's that? That's, that's everybody. But I told you about the survey that they, that they took among Christians. And not one pe person said the, the single most important goal in my life is this. None of them. N-O-N-E. And I've just been taken back by that and said, well, we're going to say it. And we're going to remind ourselves. So put it somewhere. And if you want another one, we got more. But they're $16 a piece for the more. So. <laughs> we got a racket going here. No, we don't. Praise God. Now, think about this. Let's, let's, let's go in. We're going we're gonna to minister on the, the, uh, the I am element. Because we're, we're, we're all stopping our lives to go deeper. Oh, we need deep revelation. We need to hear things nobody has heard. We need to talk about the, the, the race before Adam. We need to talk about the, 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 the giants in Genesis 6. And we need to talk about the Antichrist. Let's go deep. Well, actually deep is to find out who you are in the Lord Jesus. And there is nowhere else to go. You might do a flyby. You might do a hit and run. But you didn't do anything until you know who you are. It's all fluff. It's all a vapor. It does not stick. None of it stays until it has something. The foundation has to be straight if you want to build. And so lots of people are building every week. Build, build, build. Oh, I got to build my marriage. Oh, I got to build my family. I got to build my business. But if you don't know who you are, earthquake, any kind of earthquake, and there's plenty in the kingdom, will come by and disrupt so I noticed that every year, every year, pretty faithfully, that auto manufacturers, automobile manufacturers will come out with, a, with something that they said the year before couldn't be the very best that ever was. Well, they've come out with a very bester that ever was. And they, they have a new version of an old model. Well, there's planned obsolescence in that. Suddenly, the the thing you gave 50 grand for or 20 grand or whatever the year before, that was the end of all ends. All of a sudden, it doesn't have a trigger or a button or a light or a feature on yours that it's on the new ones. And why are you driving that old junk heap anyway? Why are you messing around with the old and outdated and the, and the gone? You need the new. And so there's always that. And that's, that is. So they're, perfecting, constantly perfecting. You know, they don't just come out at the end of the year or the beginning of a new year with it. There were, there, there's a lab that works at all these automobile manufacturers that's totally working on new stuff all the time. They're trying to steal ideas from the other one and, and go into other industries to, to see what they're doing, to see if they can 
put a new kind of headlight on or a new kind of taillight or, or, you know, in the radio system or whatever. All sorts of things. And a lot of them are just to titillate the customer with, this one can do this. Well, if you're not mindful of that, you'll say, but what do I need that for? It's like, we, we got a way for you to have a baby with three years. Well, okay, let's go back. That's too far out. But they claim it's the latest and the greatest of the all upgrades. But in 12 short months, they'll deny it and, and give you a new one. And so, so in the kingdom of God, we know just a, a, a latent principle, a, a, a thing of our culture is improvement. And self-improvement is everywhere. Self-improvement books and it's a big industry of watching videos, how you can self-improve your marriage and your weight and your eyesight. And, and uh, you can take these vitamins and it's the equivalent of three cauliflowers and four radishes in one capsule and all this, you know, and you'll, you'll be able to jump buildings in a single bound. Uh, but, but I'm here to declare and, and to stop that nonsense, that mindset, and to say that spiritually speaking, there is no upgrade. There's only discovery of what's already there. There's things in my, I've got a 2013 vehicle. I mean, that's, that's not the oldest you ever heard of, but it's, it's way back there. It's, it's uh, I guess it's 10 years old. And there's still things on it that I don't touch. Uh, Lynn was telling me the other day, well, this, this does Bluetooth. Really? It's like, has it been there all along? Uh-huh. Been there all along. Could I have used it all along? Uh-huh. You could have used it from the first day. But I didn't even know it was in there. So there's things that people are always trying to improve their life. But I'm telling you, it's already in there. The word says it's already in there. Everything we need, there's, there's not a new teacher, a new version of the Bible, a new uh, uh, kingdom way of doing things. And you go to these different and you even get involved in cults because they say this and that. Uh, the truth is you have to die to trust God spiritually. You have to die. Oh, how's that for a new version? You must die. You must die and God resurrect you in order to expose or reveal or put on all these new things that are available. The new birth is so amazing. It's the total package and it's not even upgradable. It's not even like, well, you can do more. It's already in there. It's already in there. You just have to go in and say, what's in here? And you find out it's, it's there. But it's called something that's real real weird. It's called the new birth. <laughs> how unstreamlined and how uncontemporary is that? It's called getting saved. It's called being regenerated. And it's the single most thing, most important thing in anybody's life. And after you're born again, the single most important thing in your life is getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. Being baptized in the Holy Ghost makes you a better Christian. Doesn't make you go to heaven faster. A blink of an eye is a tenth of a second. So that's 
but it's kind of hard to improve on that. Nobody can measure it if they did. Uh, and the, the amazing thing about the new birth is that it happens to regular people at all stratas of life. Every season, every station, the affluent, the, the down and out, the educated, the dumb as a rock, every, every strata of life, you can get this new model of humanity that's so amazing. Well, they've only been portraying one aspect of that. Well, if you get born again, if you get saved, you can go to heaven. And so that's what they are touting. And for people that buy cars that want gas mileage, they, they go Prius shopping because this thing will go 1,700 miles to the, to the gallon or whatever. And then you, you get into a big Chevrolet Silverado pickup and they'll say, well, this thing might do 15. Well, that guy doesn't care. You got two people looking at transportation with two totally different aspects. And uh, the thing is, is no matter what you're looking for, it's in there. You don't have to go say, well, I want a Silverado pickup or I want a Prius. You just get the new birth and it's all in there. Everything you want, you want, uh, you want the gifts of the spirit. It's in there. You want health and healing and wholeness. It's in there. You want to have supply and funding. It's in there. You want favor so that you can be uh, uh, acceptable to all people. It's in there. Everything is in there. It's quite the package. You know, the commercials say it's cheaper if you bundle. Well, this is a bundle like nobody's ever even heard of. It's a tremendous thing. So we're just regular people. We don't have to be good enough to get saved. But saved just validates that we were always good enough. But until we want to be validated and get born again, you can't have any of it. And like Melissa said this morning so aptly, you're in an inferior system. It's the go-kart system. It's the, it's the, uh, the Cushman system. It's the, it's the roller skate system. It's, it's like, why would you? Well, we don't want to die and be resurrected. We don't want to humble ourselves. We don't want to say that I am a sinner, hopelessly lost, helplessly estranged from the things of God. I don't want to say that. Well, then roller skate is your mode of getting around. And here we are. We just, we just died. We just said, Lord, I, I, I surrender. I'm nobody from nowhere and I can do nothing with anything. And I need you. I want you. Please come in, Jesus, and save me. Come into my life. I want you to be my master and Lord. And suddenly the new, the new you shows up. It's, it's kind of deceiving. It's not deceiving, but it's kind of uh, uh, strange because we look the same. And therein is the contradiction. We are the same, but we're none the same. And you have to be on this side of the new birth to know that. Before you were born again, why would you? You mocked it. You, you laughed at it. You, you made fun of the weak Christians that say they're holy and yet you see them sinning and doing worse than you as a sinner. But then on this side of the new birth, you're going, who wouldn't have it? It's everything. It's everything. Jesus is everything. So it's perspective. Well, there might be some things, listen, 
There might be some things out there that are the same position of perspective that was back then. Before you got the baptism in the Holy Ghost, there was a great onslaught of opposition against your life to ask for being baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues. There is a religious machine that is set in motion to denigrate and, and decimate that whole thing. But when you get on the other side of it, you go, everybody should have this. Because it's so wonderful. Well, we need, I guess we need demonstrators of what really happened so that we are the same, but we don't look and act like the same. In other words, I got born again and I'm changed. Have you seen Billings? He, he, got, he got saved and he's totally a different man, even though he's the same man. Did you see Billings? He, he got this thing called the Holy Ghost and he's a wild man. He's changed and he's just running from pillar to post. That would be then the, the shallot versus the nonchalant version of what happened. It looks the same on the outside, but nothing is the same. So we're talking about the new birth and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the new man, the new creature in Christ. So you go, well, I, I didn't act like a wild person when I got saved. I just was very humble about it and very sobered about what God had done for me. But it's not too late. And I'm here to, 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 to ask you to consider that that same posture that we had after we got born again or baptized in the Holy Ghost that was, that was tranquil. It was uh, whatever that word is. That just we, we were changed, but it didn't change us. We were contemplative. We were, we, we were just working it out. But if we'd been in an atmosphere that everybody around us was wild-eyed, speaking in tongues, prophesying, Believe in God. Believe it. You're believing for what? Oh, my. Nobody can believe God for that. Oh, I've already done this once. I'm on my second round. Oh, see, if we were in that atmosphere. It would be easy then to get born again. It would be easy to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. If everybody's in it, then we want to be in it. But where I was, we were the leaders. Nobody that I know of in our town was doing it. And so we, we were just as fired up as we could be, but it was hard to get an atmosphere going if you're the only two people. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he finally got there. Hallelujah. Let's read it together. Verse 17. Ready? Read. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Now let's just stop. We just, we blow by that scripture. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So we've always in our, maybe not you, but I won't put that on you, but it's easy to think somebody would think that we're kind of, we're kind of two spirit beings that inside of us, we know we have a spirit that's down here. The word calls the belly and that when we get born again, he comes in. And fellowships with us and becomes one of us. We kind of have that thing where there's two eggs in the skillet frying. 
you know, until you scramble them. They're separate. You flip one, then you flip the other, and then you put it on this plate, and you put it on that plate. But that's not how it is, is it? We're together, and you can't unjoin scrambled eggs. Everybody knows that. You can't unscramble eggs. So here we are with the dilemma that we are so infused with him, he that is joined to the Lord is now one spirit. That, that, that everything he is, I am. Now, you can't get that by knowledge. You can't get that by learning and, and, and saying, okay, that's information I could use. Everything the Father wants you to be, he put in the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything. We, we are that ultimate model that's got everything that ever could be. It's in there. Everything's already in there. Well, when it comes out next year, I'm, I'm going to ask for an upgrade. There is no upgrade. There's no next year. He put out the ultimate model the first year. And so here we are. He put Holy Spirit in there. And everything the Father wants you to be, he put in the Lord Jesus. And then you've got Jesus. You ask him to come in and dwell in me. Not Emmanuel, God with us, but God in us. At Christmas, we, we don't do Emmanuel. Because that's not who we are. That's who the Jews are, God with us. So then after, after he put everything in the Lord Jesus, then he drew us into union with him. And we, in our sovereignty, our autonomy, we were in charge of our body, our lives, our, our everything. We opened the door and said, come in. And dwell in me. So if Jesus, if you want Jesus to be in Walmart, you go to Walmart. Where is he? He's right here. <laughs> he's other places, but I know he's right here because he's in me. He's in us. He's in union. He's united. You could say the best marriage you ever saw. It's better than that. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, please. We're just going to take a slow walk through things that are familiar and known. You ever been down the street and one day you see a house that has a red door on it and you say, hey, they painted that door red. And whoever's sitting with you said, that door's been red for 15 years. Well, I, I come down the street every day and I never saw it. And that's what, that's what we're looking for is what's around us, what's around us that we never saw. It's called revelation. It's called revelation. It's there and it's right there. It's right there. It's right there. It's not like, oh, we'll call God and he'll come down from his mountain, from his heavenly place and he'll bring us a nugget. Right there. He's in union. Everything you need to know about your own life, your own future, is right here already. It's, it's built in. The DNA is already in there. You're, you're plugged in. Well, if God would put a mantle on me like he did Elisha. There's no mantles in the New Testament. There's no, new, there's no mantles. 
If there is, we all got it. We all got the mantle, the mantle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And whatever's in him, that's what was in Elijah. He said, give me a double portion. And so the mantle fell on him and he, he got that double portion. Well, we get, there's no double portion in this day, by the way. All the double portion people, doggone, that messes them up. There's, there's not a stronger anointing in this day. I'm wall to wall and treetop tall. Yeah, I mean, it's like, where's the rest of it? It's all here. Even in computer terms, they, they pack things in. What's that called, Barry, when you, you put a file in and you max it out or you compress it? You zip it, yeah. Well, y'all, we are zip files. We are, we are Zippo files. And so we go through life unpacking these files, things that, oh, the Lord showed me. Well, no, you, I mean, he did, but it, it wasn't like it was far away and came. He's in union with you and everything that you know about yourself or can know about your life is in him. It's not in some data bank in heaven. It's in him, and now he's in you. And so how do we find out about the plan of God? We open up. We, we, can, we can read the word, and suddenly the word, which is alive and resurrection power, comes, comes up to us, and we see things out of the word that we never saw. Well, it just goes in and reads another file that we never let it read. But it's in, it's in, it's in. It just, it reads a file. It opens a, a door. And so people that, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Who giveth liberally. How liberally? It's all, everything heaven has about you and your future. The potentials and the plan B's. So there's a plan A for our life. And God says, you know, this, this is how I would do it. And he'll lead and guide. And, and, uh, but, but if we say, I'm not going that way. Well, he's, just, he's better than Siri. I mean, better than the girl in the, in the little box. The, hey, dummy, the next time you can, make a U-turn. We're going we're gonna to find plan B. It's already in there. You, you can't mess up. It'll cost you a little more. I mean, time and energy and, and seeking to not get it right the first time. But we've all been on plan Bs. I mean, uh, who, who has a plan A life? Until you get where you're methodically just riding with him all the time and my sheep hear my voice and 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 know that then we're all kind of circling back after the what are all them people making U-turns? They're on plan B. <laughs> and we are and we mess up. We mess up. We fall short. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter any. You just load up and go. Load up and go. Now I'll tell you. I'll, I'll just stick this in now because the Lord just. Matthew 25 is in operation. In your life's family, I'm going to tell you, Matthew 25 and what's Matthew 25 verse 22 says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So that's a servant. That's not even us. He said "Thou has been faithful over a few things. That is us. A few things, the few things. Well, I go to church. And I give. Well, everybody does that. I mean, everybody could do that. It's the few things. 
Joe Moore says, don't make, don't make church part of your life. Church is your life. That's a true statement. I, I, that's one reason I love Joe Morris is because he speaks the truth. In my humble opinion. So the faithful over little is working in your life. Keep your word. Keep your word. Well, yeah, I, I misspoke. I can't do that. Well, then you got to call them and say, can I have my word back? And if they say, no, you gave your word. Well, then you're loading up and going. You got to keep your word. You got to do what you said you'd do. You got to do what you promised the Lord you'd do. <laughs> you, know, I, you said, I'll do it. But no, nobody's looking and nobody's knocking on your door saying, I'm here from heaven to say, you gave your word and you, you decided not to keep it. And we know it. We're calling you out. That's not happening. So you just have to do it down in here. You got to give what he says give. Don't be putting God's stuff that he said, I, like for Christmas, for instance. We always sow a seed or used to, especially when you have, when you have kids, you got to sow. You got to have a you got to have money to have, go to Christmas. Y'all know that. Yeah. You, you, yeah. And uh, so we used to always sow a seed in October or something because we believed that if we'd sow a seed, we'd have Christmas money. And we did. And you do. But sometimes he and he would lead us in that. But you can't you can't hold back seed. And say, I'm faithful. You, you can do it and there's no judgment. There's nobody coming down and saying, boom, this is going to hurt you. But you just need to know you're not going to be master over much. So what is master over much? I'm going to get off just a little bit here. What is master over much? It's, it's something we've not seen. We every once in a while hear of an R.G. Letourneau that lived on the 10%. And we go, well, that's an anomaly. There's not enough of them to count. Well, we hear about Buddy Harrison, uh, Brother Hagen's son-in-law, that lived on the 10%. We, and there's others. There's lots of others. There's others that do that. Well, if you don't tell that God said for me to do that, nobody will know. Oh, but it plays out in our life. The faithful over a little, if we're not, then we're never master over much. So we li listen. We live ordinary, but good, good Christian lives. We live them and nobody, and because we're so much further ahead than, than the heathen and the lukewarm and the religious and the backslid, we can say, I, I'm doing that a boy. But that's not how it works. Master over much is nothing different than master over much. And we, just because we haven't seen it, we should, we should be like that thing that's, uh, I don't know. I get up here and I, I talk about stuff I don't know anything about and it's, it's kind of lame. But it, it, I've seen it where it says uh, a product. There are no reviews. Would you like to be the first to leave a review? Wherever that is. Amazon or somewhere. And so... Uh, so we haven't seen a review, but we could leave a review of this is what it looks like to be faithful over a little. And not close enough, not, not close enough. Close enough is not close enough. 
So we got to have a tolerance. We got to have a, you know, they used to make engines back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And the, and the pistons just wallowed around in the cylinders, you know, just. And they didn't last very long. You know, you had to get rid of your car by 60,000 or it wasn't going to be worth anything. I remember that. But, and the oil was just, you know, they just sucked it out of the ground and put it in the pump. But now things, there's, there's close tolerances. And if you don't get 200,000 out of your car, you just, were, you just wanted a new one. Or 398,000, like is presently in here, or whatever. You, so, so we, by revelation of looking inside that says, I'm in union with him, what he knows I know, what he knows I could know. I have to hunger and thirst. I got to seek. I got to stop. Stop all this worldly knowledge, all this swirling about facts, all this. This is how the, these affirmations of this is how the world is. This is how the world will be. This is how it's going to go for you. You got to draw aside and say, I, I, I accept none of that. This, this is the system I'm going to work in. And it says that. I'll have all sufficiency in all things and that I will abound, that I will abound to every good work. So, so when's the last time you put 10 grand in the offering? I can say that here. You go, well, who does that? Faithful over little. We master money. You go, well, that'd be weird. Well, see, you're, you're, you're a hath not. Jesus said in that same chapter, him who hath shall more be given and he will have an abundance. But him that hath not, even that which he think he has, will be taken away. Wow. Oh, there's two measures of a Christian. Yeah, the hard after it. I've just got one life to live. I better giddy up every day. I better get on it. I better do it. And then it says, I'm going to heaven. Give me a break. I'm, I'm down here to have fun. Hidden, he said this to me. I don't know where it goes. I don't know if it even goes in this service. Well, he shouldn't have given it to me right before the service is what I'm saying. <laughs> Lord, yeah. But he said hidden, hidden schemes among my people will fail. Hidden schemes. It's like well, Christians don't have schemes. Christians don't hold out and say, look, look, and then do something else. But that's, that's what I heard. I begin to, just after he said hidden schemes, I, used, I just got to thinking about in 1985. Was it 85? 82? When Walmart, when, when Sam Walton came out and they offered Walmart stock. And I remember reading an article back then that says that $1,500 in a Walmart stock was worth, at this point, which was in the early 90s, was worth $8.2 million. And that's just world. That's just Walmart. That's just stock exchange and that's men taking their cut and taking their 
that $1,500, well, you know, $1,500 is a lot, but it's less and less than it's ever been. No one crows about having $1,500 in their account and says, yeah, $1,500. So what is $100 of seed in the, in, in the kingdom? Think about the exponential. Just think, if Walmart could do $100 into, say, 600000 or whatever that would be, to 8.2 out of 1500 I mean, somebody could do the math, but let's just go on 100. What would the kingdom, could the kingdom keep up with Walmart? Could the kingdom promises that, that you'll have all sufficiency in all things and you'll abound to every good work? Could that be a mark that you could say, it's got to be at least as good as Walmart. If, if any company has ever done that, if any business, if any uh, entrepreneur, if, if any venture had ever done that, then that would be at least the benchmark for the kingdom. You, you just wouldn't want God to say, I'm trying to keep up. I'm, I'm working on this, but, but the, the humans got ahead of me. You just, you can't even go there. So, so we're lit. So in that light, in that light, we're living considerably lower than our potential that, what, what did he say? Union with him. Uh, what, what was the scripture? 17 verse uh, 617 says. 517. Thank you. Yeah. If any. Where am I? I've already I've already moved. If you give yourself to the Lord, you and Christ are joined together as one person. That's what it says in the living Bible. Yeah. First Corinthians 617. So if you give yourself to the Lord, you and Christ are joined together as one person, as one person. You know, it's, it's kind of bizarre, but sometimes twins don't make it in the womb and they come out as two of them come out as one person. You know, in a, it's, it's, it's an anomaly. It's, you know, but, but you can even see that, that we are twinned with the Lord. I'm here to tell you, I hadn't tapped it out yet, but I know it's true. There's plenty more where that came from. We, we have been so busy settling or fighting over the scraps, you know, throwing a bone out into a yard full of dogs and just watching the, the rumble. And we've been, we've been in that rumble. Save some for me. And yet... There's a feast. There's a feast of his bounty for us. And we're, we're distracted by that over there. You go, well, you need to have some money and you need to have some potential. You need to have some education. You need to have some wealthy sponsors. Well, if that's what you say, well, then that's that's true. If you believe that, then that's true. But that's not what R.G. Letourneau had. And that's not what Buddy Harrison had. They didn't have that. And, and I was in the room in Hobbs, New Mexico, when Buddy Harrison said, I live on 10%, and if you want to live like I want to live, you have to cash flow a lot of money to live on 10%. If you want to live on 100000 you got to cash flow a million every year. Just, just knock me down. 
I've never heard that. That took me out. That, that, that changed my border. Of living on 10% would be a million dollars of flow. Now, I'm not, I'm not presenting that as something we should chase or emulate. But it, did, it does increase everything about you, wherever your vision is. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You know this one. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, born again, in union with Christ, in union with Christ, the same, the same spirit with him, he is a new creature. What is he? He's a new creature. He's a new creation. He's new. He's new. He's new. He's redone. He's the old man has been destroyed and taken out of the way. He's gone. Where is he? He's like the scapegoat that took the sins of, of Israel and they drove him into the wilderness to be devoured. He, the scapegoat never came back. And so the old man shouldn't come back. He's got all of our sins and he's been driven into the wilderness and he should not come back. But who, who's that out there chasing their, their old man? Oh, it's the whole church. Oh my, look, they're chasing after him. They're trying to get him to come back. They got a new man right here, but they're over there trying to wrestle down the old man and bring him back and say, that's me. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Oh my. So we got a download at the new birth. We got a download. What? I don't even know how it works, but you know how it works. You're changed on the inside. And the old man that you were is taken out. Taken out. And you know, if you, if you liked avocados before, probably you're going to go buy the green things at the grocery store again. You're, you just, people are wild and do that. I don't know why. I wouldn't do it, but they do it. Because the old man is, is gone forward in the flesh. But the spirit man... He's not there. So what is the potential of being in union with Christ, with being in union with Jesus? What, what, is, what if he was standing right here and he said, after the meeting, I got some stuff I want to share with you that'll blow your finances up. You go, we're done. We're done with this meeting. Let's go. That's, it's better than that. But the Lord has this thing that he only answers what he's asked. We were talking this week about, about asking the Lord what to ask the Lord. And you go, well, why would anybody do that? Because you don't know what to ask the Lord, but he does. But he has to be asked. He has to be asked. He's not sovereign. And maybe that wasn't the right place to put that, but, but you won't know what the answer goes to unless you have a question that it follows. You, you, if he gives you the answer, you don't know, buy it, sell it, trade it, give it away. You don't know. But if you say, what should I do with this? And he answers, then you know what to do. So we should ask him what to ask him. Oh, I didn't get that at first church. It's in the word, isn't it? 
First John 4, 17, as he is, as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So what condition is Jesus in? What is his condition? What is his status? What is, what is he doing? Well, whatever it is, it's my condition and my status. Whatever it is. Well, no, we, he, 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 he walks with God, the Father, and I walk in the world. I go, I go to Walmart. I go to the, the, the parts store. I go to work. No, no, he, he goes with you. As he is, you think he's thinking about problems and troubles and things that might come up? You think he's anxious and worried and confused? You think he's working between two solutions, trying to figure out which one is the best? He knows which one's the best, but he's kind of saying, but, but if we did this one, we could get a dividend. This might play out on another end or something. You think that that's what he's doing? As he is. This, this most one of the most powerful scriptures in the word concerning our identity as he is. So are we in the world. So uh, everything that's in the Lord Jesus. Let's say that together. Everything that is in the Lord Jesus. Now finish it with me is in me. Well, do y'all have a little Jesus? Come in here, little Jesus. Come in here. We'll put you over in the corner. Little Jesus, put you over in the corner. We've got, we've got a big day today. I'll get back to you this evening after work. Oh, my word. He's the Lord God Almighty, the creator of everything. He, he, his love and compassion for us overwhelmed all the cost. And he, he said, I'll go. Well, how many are going to benefit? Well, he said, if it's just one, I'll go. And he went. I like Ephesians. Let's, we, got, we don't have much time, but Ephesians chapter 5, we'll go there. Verse 30. Oh, my. We're just affirming. This is out of the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. This is out of the Word. This isn't a talk. This isn't a speech. This isn't a, 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 uh, uh, a condo timeshare sales pitch. Verse 30 says, for we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. Let's say that together first person. For I am a member of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. I am, I am, I am. I am a member of his body. I'm a member of his body. I'm in the body. And, and like Becca said this morning, whatever that is, wherever that is, whatever that is, big or large, whatever, I am. I am. I'm in there. And if I'm in there, it doesn't matter really to me because he, he, the word says he sets the members in the body severally as it has pleased him. So we don't get to choose. Brain, Lord, I'd like to be the brain. No, you, you're, not, you're, not, you're not brain material. You're, you're earlobe, earlobe. And I got somebody else standing next to you to be the earlobe. You're not even good enough to be the whole earlobe. No, we're in the body. We're in the body, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, so we are, 
We are flesh and bone of the, of the Lord Jesus in the earth. Oh my. Oh, overload, overload. You, we can't go there. And if you don't go there intentionally, if you don't go there in your spirit, man, by revelation, you won't go there. This is a faith. I believe the word. And if the word says it, if the word declares it, if the word affirms it, it is so in my life. It is so in my, it is who I am. If he says I am, then I am. If he says I can, I can. If he says I have, I have. There's nothing else, no discussion. It's over. Close the book, go to the house. Because that's the end of it. We're not going to speculate. We're not going to wonder what's this and what's that. It finishes it. It's, it finishes it. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Christ... I don't know what... I, I think that's the... Colossians 2.9. Yeah, I've got another version in my notes, so... Yeah. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Okay, that's good. I, I can get along with that, that Father put everything in Jesus. And Jesus said that in the book of John. But then verse 10, there's this amazing statement that says, And ye, because of number nine, ye are complete in him. Let's say it in first person. I am complete in him. So do you have any troubles? Well, if you do, you don't, you're not complete in him. You're, you're, you're thinking about something that's not complete, that's incomplete, that's unfinished, that needs work, that needs an overhaul. Y'all pray for me because I'm not complete in him. I may be going through something, but I'm going through it. Because I'm complete in him. The answer is right here. And it's good, it's ready. But I got to settle down. I got to settle down in here. I got to settle down and and focus on him, not what they're saying over here and what they don't like over there and what my kids are doing and what my family are doing or what the uh, there's a time to listen to them. Yada, yada, yada. We listen to you. But then there's a time that you shut it off. You shut it off. And you make Jesus Lord. You make Jesus Lord. And if you don't shut them off, then he's not Lord. He's just one of many voices. And he, 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 he sounds just like them in the voices. But you shut him off. My sheep hear my voice. So what's it take to make Jesus Lord? Shut off the world and just be with him. Wait for him. Wait for him. Get in the word. I'm really busy. I don't read that well. The scriptures are hard for me. King James doesn't come easy to me or whatever. Come on. You can do it. Yeah. You hadn't been fired from your job. Not this year anyway. You can do it. You can figure out problems at your house. You can figure problems out with your family. We are problem solvers. We can figure out how to get time with him and hear him. My sheep hear my voice. Well, amen. amen. Let's see if I had something. Oh, my. Oh, my. Page two. Uh -oh. 
I don't know. Lord, these are hard things. I don't know if they can bear. I'm sure you can, but we won't do that. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to put this thought out there. Jesus said, what did he say? He said in John 14, 12. Let's go there. John, John 14, 12. Do you have a star around John 14, 12? Do you have a, an arrow, a circle, a smiley face? Do you, do you mark in your Bible? Some of y'all don't. Oh, well. Sometimes I have to get the interpretation to read through the notes to read the word. Hallelujah. Verily, verily, truly, truly, this is important. This is important. I say unto you, I say unto you. You know, that's quite an introduction. He that believeth on me, believeth on me, believeth on me that I, I am who I say I am. I did what I said I did. And I, I, and you can have what I say you can have. The works, the works, the miraculous, that's the word works there, is the miraculous works that I do, shall he do also. Shall he do also. Shall he do also. Shall he do also. As he is, so am I in the world. Did he do some works? Could we, could we find scripture where it says he, he, he opened the eyes of the blind, he opened the ears of the deaf, that he cast them out, the demons out? That Could we find some works that Jesus did that we could say, well, that's the works he did. It says if, if greater works, oh, Lord, just say the first thing. That's big as we can get around. He said, no, I have to pack it all in there. I have to put it all in one package. I can't say read volume two later for the upgrade. It's all in there. It's all in there. So what he said, greater works shall, uh, greater works than these shall he do because I go into the father. Then, then the greater works are in there. Oh, Lord, send the anointing. Send the powerful anointing. Send, send the double portion anointing. Lord, send the greater works anointing. Oh, they're already uploaded. They're already in there. I, I didn't notice. I didn't notice. They're in a file that I never opened, Lord. Ah, but they're in there. The greater works are in there. Greater works. Now, people, people are waiting on the greater works. Needy people. Desperate people, people with no hope. They don't know there's a Jesus. They don't know there's somebody, there's a man or a woman out there that has been in, put in union with him. And as he is, so is, are they in the world. They don't know that. They don't know anything. They're just desperate. They're, they're calling out. And they're, they're in doctor, uh, hospitals and they're in, in shelters and they're, they're desperate. And here we are. We've been wired and fired to go out and set them free. It pleases Jesus when we do the greater works. But just do the works. If you don't like the greater works, if that's a, if that's a big one, just do the works and you'll be, you'll be pretty far down the road. I don't even know how you interpret the greater works. I, I, I'm, not even, I'm not a Bible scholar. But I can tell you, if you just get all that other stuff, they will come. engage what you know and you can have what you don't know. So my question, and I'll quit with this and I should. 
So it's it, we believe the word. I believe the word. And we don't believe that God's in control. OK. We don't believe that God's in control. OK, y'all don't believe we don't believe that we don't believe we can't. We believe that you can't have God in control and have the church in control at the same time. He, he said a double minded man. He's unstable. So God's not got the church double minded. Well, we're in charge, but God's in charge. You never know what God's going to do. He, God works in mysterious ways. You never know what God's going to do. His wonders to perform. No, he's not in charge. That's what we studied it the, the other Wednesday, that the Jews suffered mightily at the hands of the Nazis because the church was in control and nobody knew in the church knew they were in control. So they suffered mightily. And then Germany flourished afterwards. And you go, what's up? Well, the church was in control and the church still is in control. But if you believe that. We're going to squeeze this off. I want you to go start the car, baby. It's this. We know the word. We believe the word. I know the word. I believe the word. Do you? Of course we do. Uh, so we go out and we do the works of Jesus. We go out and do the greater works of Jesus. Because we believe, we go. So if we don't go, do we believe that God, do we believe that God do we really believe that God is in control? If we don't go, if we don't go, if we say they're on their own, I got mine, I'm good. And we don't go do the greater works the, or just the works. Are we actually defaulting, not consciously, not cognitively, certainly not. But are we saying God's in control? If he wants them healed and helped, he'll take care of it. In a sense, it could be that we're agreeing with something that we totally don't agree with, that God's in control. So if I'm in control, if, if, I've, been in, if I've been made in union with him, as, if, if, as he is, so am I in the world, if, I, if I'm in control in the sense of the kingdom, then I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. We have to go. Or we're assenting to God's in control. And we just don't, we just don't believe that. We, we just know that, that he gave it to us. Jesus gave it to us. Lock, stock, and barrel, as they say. He gave it to us, so we got to go because these hands are capable of anything good. This mouth, whatever, whatever it is physically, it, it doesn't matter. I am capable of evicting demons out of any situation and causing the mountain to move. Well, how's that? Well, because I'm in control. I'm in union with him. I'm in union with him. As he is, as he is, as he is, so am I. We, we're tight. We're not sending a, a letter or an email saying, Jesus, what do you do? He's right there. He's in there. He's right there. 
So if I believe, I have to go. Because we only do what we believe. We only believe what we do, excuse me. We only believe what we do. If we don't, if we don't do, then we don't believe. Because believing does. It overwhelms everything that says it, does, it isn't and says it does. So Jesus wants us to go. He wants us to want to go. The cool thing, the cool thing is, is he's the great activities director. He's the great coordinator. He's already got some people lined up that all you have to do is just hear. I'm listening, Lord. I'm listening. Just go over there and just ask them or just go over there and do this and do that or just 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 pay attention. I'm fixing to tell you what to say. Oh, you mean the God that gives you seed to sow will also give you the works to do? And the people to do them on. It's not like we have to go out and say, well, I'm a salesman now. I'm selling vacuum cleaners. Would you like to try out my rainbow? I'll come into your house and vacuum your carpet. We're not that. That's 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 hard. He just says, I'll, I'll set you up. What, what, what is it called when they set up your appointments, Lynn? When they when they get you leads? I guess it's called get, it, it's getting you leads. A company will give you leads and say, go knock on these doors and call these people. Ah, the Lord does that even better. So, Lord, we thank you. As like everything that we thought was hard, it's really easy. And it's so tremendous in its impact that like the new birth and like getting baptized in the Holy Ghost, if we'd known on that side what we know on this side, we'd have got in earlier. We'd have got in faster. We'd got in better. So, Lord, by faith, we're going to learn from those two things. I am. I'm going to learn. I'm learning from those two things that it's better on this side of doing the works and the greater works than I thought. Lord, forgive us for thinking in negative terms, in failure terms, in hard terms, in difficult terms, in, in I don't want to terms. Actually, Lord, we want to. There's nothing more fun than setting the captives free. Nothing more fun because it takes us right back to where we were when he set us free. So we, we want to set the captives free. It's, it's what we do. It's who we are. It's what we have. It's, it is us. So, Lord, right now, I commit all over this house. I just commit. I'm open. I'm open now like I never was. I, I, I want to do the greater works. And I'm going to take a step. Say it with me. I'm going to take a step. I'm going to take a step to, to move towards works and greater works. And it, it won't be hard. It won't be hard. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid that it'll be hard or embarrassing or you'll, you won't back me or I'll pray for someone and it won't happen. I'm not afraid. You've never, we sang it this morning, you're the way maker. And so you've, that's how we got here. And so that's how we'll go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, so much for nice pastor. <laughs>